Hey, 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 guys. Happy Friday. And thanks for tuning into another episode of the Live Rich Movement podcast with Erica Lasan. In today's conversation, we will be addressing the stress of living in mess. If you're able to keep a tidy home, then you're more likely to have a clear and organized mind. But minimal living is about so much more than what meets the eye. In addition to creating an aesthetically pleasing and magazine-worthy lifestyle, living tidy can also have a huge psychological and physiological effect on the way that you live and the relationships that you have in your life. Today's guest is Rebecca Basharum, founder of the Home Organization Service, Organized for Love. As we discuss the topic of home organization and its many benefits, we also touch on how clutter impacts different generations, races, and gender norms in our current society. Get ready for a wonderfully honest conversation where nothing gets swept under the rug. Oh my goodness, guys. I am so excited for today's episode and to share this conversation for many reasons because it is something that I feel touches me on a really personal level. But I also realized after having this conversation that I could also afford to take um, time to evaluate my current space. And I realized that I wasn't Um, maximizing my joy. It inspired me to create a transformational shift in my home by getting rid of some things and really creating the space that I love to live in. And it's something that I'd been thinking about for a really long time, but it really took having this conversation to put it into action. So my hope is that by listening to the tips and tricks and the personal insight that Rebecca shares in this episode, you will be inspired to take inventory of your home and what joy looks and feels like to you in the spaces where you live and that you're also inspired to make steps and take moves towards creating that space for yourself. This episode is a little bit of a longer one and it's straight interview, so I'm just gonna get to the goodness. Enjoy. Our guest for this episode is Rebecca Basharum, founder of the Home Organization Service, Organized for Love. Through her work, Rebecca encourages Black women's home wellness so their home is a space of peace, love, community, and order. She's a writer, PhD dropout, and an ambassador for the Container Store. Organized for Love helps executives, bosses, leaders, and founders maximize space in their New York apartments with a mission to transform Black women's relationships with their home through professional home organization and environmental psychology. Whoa! If that ain't an intro, I don't know what is. I'm like, wait, I need to actually cut and paste that and use that. Thank you. So much. No, no look, listen, you know how I am about hyping up my friends, boo. And you are my friend. And I love your business and all that you stand for. And so it brings me immense joy and pleasure to talk about all of the amazing things that you do and who you are. Oh, thank you so much, Erica. <laughs> no problem. So, all right. I mean, I basically like laid out all your business, but <laughs> please introduce yourself to the Live Rich Movement listeners. Oh my God. I really don't know how to follow up with your intro. You really said everything. Um, maybe I'll share some more personal information. So as okay. you mentioned, my name is Rebecca. Um, I live in New York City. I'm born and raised, and I live with my husband. And some facts about me: if I was a word, I would be hag, which is which is a Danish word for home and comfort. So, yeah, if I was a word, yes, I love that. Oh my goodness! Um, so that definitely describes you because you guys, if you aren't following Organized for Love on Instagram yet, which I highly encourage that you do, but not right now because you still listen to this podcast. (laughs) Um, But afterwards, we'll be sharing all of that information. But if you follow the page, that is exactly what Rebecca and her business are, 
home, comfort, cleanliness, tidiness, and basically like everything that you would want your living space to be. First, I need to tell the listeners how we met, girl, because it's a really awesome story. At least I think it is. Um, So Rebecca and I met back in, I don't even know when, maybe it was 2013 at Afropunk. Um, And at that point, I was really focusing on my jewelry and you were, you were a jewelry designer as well. So we met at Afropunk and we were across the way, like our booths were across the way from each other. And I just remember seeing your jewelry and being like enamored because you had charmed feathers. That was the name of your line. More importantly, when I saw you as a person, like when I finally walked up to you and like stopped eye stalking you, like you were such a beautiful soul. I felt the hug like I really did from the first conversation um and I just loved seeing um meeting you and speaking with you and we exchanged information and we kept in touch of course and that is has now been like what maybe seven or eight years ago I'm not even exactly sure and what I really loved is watching you from um I don't want to say from a distance because like you're always in my radar and purview. Like I'm always checking for you because again, I love you as a friend and love what you're doing, but it's been so wonderful to um, see how you've taken your multi-passionate gifts and um, like your purpose and your passions and how you've just transformed them over the years into so many beautiful things um, leading up to this business you are one person that I have seen embody the beauty of the journey, you know, starting with jewelry, um, then doing your journals. Then I've watched you as, and this was from a distance because um, we didn't speak much about your schooling, but just like finishing up your schooling and then going on to like, um, through your master's program and then like starting with the PhD. And I know that we mentioned, um, in the intro, um, you, you call yourself a PhD dropout, but even like, Knowing that you got to that space and obviously you figured out that one part of that wasn't bringing you joy in some type of way. And I'd love to speak about that more later. But just knowing that you're, you've been able to um, transform your gifts in all of these ways, what would you consider to be your gifts, having said all that? Mm, that's so loaded. Oh, my God. Sorry, like girl. Said, Heavy I, hitting. Yeah, I do feel like I'm a multi-passionate um, I have multiple interests. And so I, I love how you described me loving the journey because sometimes I feel like I struggle with not only trying to manage all of the things that I enjoy, but really trying to not do all of it at once, but really trying to mash all of them together. <laughs> and sometimes that can be messy. Sometimes it's unnecessary. Sometimes it's too much pressure. So um, to think about some of my gifts, I have a love for um, communication and people and interpersonal relationships um, and really connecting with people on different levels for different things. So that's something I feel like I'm, I'm gifted in and, and I, I was brought into this world to be able to, to communicate certain messages um, and help people think differently about certain things. I always feel that a lot of people may walk away from me thinking, well, I never thought of it that way. Um, so that's definitely like a gift of mine, being able to break certain things down to people um, in ways that they may not have been able to break down themselves. And really to segue into organization, um, I've always had like a puzzle brain, um, just kind of putting things together, putting big concepts together, small concepts together, big ideas, small ideas, um, being able to kind of match things up in the world (laughs) is an unexpected question yeah well you know we like to keep it spicy on here we like to (laughs) shake it up a little bit and give a different perspective on things um especially as for as it's related to gifts purposes and passions um and i definitely see your puzzle brain in the way that you've even been able to um, incorporate your different loves into other things. Like even the way you do your marketing and your branding and stuff for Organize for Love, I feel like that's definitely telling of your gifting as an artist and as a, as someone who likes to put things together, but especially in a pretty way, you know, that speaks (laughs) to people and communicates without a need for words, which I think is a gift in and of itself. Mm. You know what I'm saying? 
Yes. <laughs> you know, helping people feel. Yeah. Or not even helping people feel. It's like, this is what I feel. And I want to share what I feel with others. So more yeah. so that. Yeah. So considering those parts of your gifts, what would you consider to be your purpose and your passion? And when did you start working with it? And how did you even recognize that your passion and your purpose was your passion and your purpose? I'm going to be honest. I feel like the question you're asking in this moment, I'm like, I, I feel like I'm learning my new purpose. I'm I'm learning a new passion. I'm learning. Yeah, I'm learning a new purpose that I feel like these past few months in quarantine have really flipped upside down. A lot of things that I thought about myself, a lot of things um, that I wanted to do and why I wanted to do them. I've had to question like the why. And so I feel like I'm still, I'm in the space. I'm rediscovering that. And so although I feel connected to um, some of the things that I was brought to this world to do, you know, in terms of, you know, connecting with people and um, sharing certain, um, my perspective and my story, I am really like, I, I don't have an answer for that. Cause I'm still, I'm like, you're, you're catching me in like a really raw space where I'm, I'm relearning my purpose. And, and I know a lot of people can relate because quarantine has just kind of like, just the, did a 360 of like, what do I really want to do? And, it's been a question I've been asking, like, what do I really want to do? You know, because I feel like we, you know, I know for me sometimes what I really want and then having the means to get there, like those are like two different journeys. And um, sometimes it's like, oh, I want freedom. But sometimes how we, you know, how we uh, work towards freedom is not what we want. So it's like, this is the way that I think, this is what I think freedom looks like. So just trying to give an example, I'm still... Mm -hmm discovering I'm in a rediscovering phase of like my purpose I know that's probably not the answer you wanted no that is exactly the answer I, I mean not that I want a particular answer oh, I want yeah. the answer that's truest to you yeah but I also think that it's worth mentioning that you are not alone like a bunch of people especially during quarantine are in this position and what I really appreciate about what's happening in the world right now during this pan these pandemics during this time of quarantine is that people are starting to consider life from this perspective of what do I truly want, not based on what other people wanted for me, not based on what I was brought up to believe about myself or think that I needed to do, but what do I truly and innately want for myself? Yeah. And um, that's a part of what my gifting and what I believe my purpose and my calling is um, in helping people discover that because um, it's something that I ask myself all the time. Like I feel like every uh, I want to say maybe like five to 10 years, I go on this quest. <laughs> and um, I, I feel like I'm just coming out of one myself where I was asking the same thing. And when I relaunched this podcast a couple of months ago, it was um, after being on 10 months of having a 10 month hiatus, mm -hmm. because I myself needed to ask myself those very questions. And I came out of it so much clearer, having so much more clarity. And with having that, having gained that clarity, I'm now in a position to like really tap into the power of my purpose. So I don't think that it's wrong to take those moments if you don't know and really rediscover yourself because we're constantly evolving. We're constantly changing. And if we're not um, really asking ourselves those questions and we're just going uh, through life, like just blah, just floating, then you're never, you're not really living. You know what I mean? Right, 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 right. Exactly. Um, so I appreciate that response. Thank you so much. I've always wondered this, and I wanted to ask, what inspired the name Organized for Love? Okay. And what, and what inspired your decision to concentrate and work with primarily with women of color? Mm, okay. So I really, I'm sorry to disappoint you. There is, the, there's no real symbolism behind the name. And I know I, I get so sad. I really want to tell people this elaborate symbolism. <laughs> But it's really the only piece that is special is the piece, the love piece, because my middle name is love. And so I try to um, incorporate love into everything that I do. And so organize with love was taken. And so my friend actually um, helped me come up with the name Organize for Love. And it's really, it's a self, um, it's a self description, but that's really, that's it. That's, that's the story. The end. Girl. 
But there is a story there. You know how many like scenarios I've run up in my mind about what it actually like what it means. I'm I like, know. oh, like when you organize, you create lo- space yes. for love. I you know what I mean? Because it's true. Like what you're doing is God's work, Rebecca. And I'm, I mean, we'll talk a little bit more about why I, I am so um, grateful for the work that you do and how it's like really, really transformational for the communities that you serve. But really at the heart of it, when people are in a space of less mess and people, some people don't even realize the mess that they're living in or why continue to live in a state of mess. But once there is um, a decluttering that takes place and things are organized and, 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 and life is able to flow in a certain type of way, it really does create space for love, like love of self, love for, um, love for your family members, love for your friends. Cause you can host people, you know, love yeah. for the business that you've created because then you can be more creative because your mind isn't on the mess and you have space to roam. So it's, it means a lot. You, I mean, yeah. I guess your middle name is involved and I didn't even know that. So that was a fun fact, but yeah. um, when you organize, you really do create space for love. Absolutely. And I think um, I've, <laughs> there was a certain point where I wanted to make people, I wanted to give people something to hold on to. So I feel like I created a story of, a meaning that really wasn't true. It wasn't, it, it wasn't a long, it didn't last long. It was probably like a month where I'm like, Rebecca, you did not come up with this name with that. But what ends up happening is other people create their own meaning for what organized for love means. And I absolutely love it because I hear things that I wasn't thinking of. And just the description you gave, I, I wasn't thinking of that. And I love that interpretation and I love people's interpretation when they're like, yeah, organizing for love and, you know, whatever, whatever comes before that or after that is, is really a joy to see other people, you know, to put an idea out there um, and for people to run with it, but run with it in directions that are just as beautiful and that resonate, you know, with the original concept. And so, um, so yeah, that's organized love. Um, and your, your second question about why I decided to focus on women of color. So it comes from a very personal decision, you know, um, the home, you know, I come from a black woman and I've been only surrounded by black women. And so my home, I grew up in a cluttered home. And so, um, I really do feel that we have, um, black women have unique, um, issues, um, not worse, right? Um, but just unique issues with clutter that mm-hmm. aren't relevant to non-Black women. Um, and I think women of color also have unique um, challenges when it comes to clutter that are specific to, you know, that are, you know, culturally specific. And so within the professional organizing field, like these things aren't really brought up. And to be honest, I don't think a lot of pro organizers think this deeply about clutter. And so for me, I'm I'm a deep person. So a lot of times I'm going to be thinking deeply about something that may not even be that deep. So for me, having a love of organizing, you know, it comes from a surface space of like, I really just want my space to look good. And then it also comes from a very deep place of like, why is why is a space clutter, right? And also thinking about how my environment impacts my life and my mind and how I feel about myself. And so I feel, um, not I feel, but when it comes to, you know, me choosing uh, to focus on Black women and women of color and the homes of um, Black women and women of color, it's really about like these unique challenges that we face that aren't being addressed um, within the field overall. And so I, I, I see it as an opportunity, um, but also it's something that I came out the womb caring about. It was always about Black women's place. It was never really about, ju- it was it, it was never just about home. It was just about Black people's homes, Black people's stuff. Um, I will say that my business is evolving where um, it's like a vegan restaurant, you know? <laughs> I Anybody can go to a vegan restaurant, you know, and the marketing, the food, 
everything about a vegan restaurant is created for and most likely by vegans, but anybody can go to it. And so that's kind of where my business is going. Like it's still created for and by black women and all everything about it is going to be for black women. And, and I think a lot of people have asked me, do you, do you take on clients that are not black? And, um, I do. And so that's just been the evolution of it. And uh, some of the re and the reason why I chose to focus on black women's homes. That's lovely. And oh, man, so much of it, of what you said is so true. Cause I know that I personally can also relate and it isn't something that is spoken about just like the reasons and the ways that we carry things. Um, and I feel like if I didn't grow up in a home that uh, had clutter, I, I feel like, cause I also grew up in a home. Let me just say that, that mm-hmm. had some clutter, you know? Um, and when it came time to, when I re- recognized this, but I, again, I didn't recognize this until I was a full blown adult and I went outside and I was like, this isn't normal, you know? <laughs> like, I don't like, why is it that we can't like function in the same way in the space that we live in? And um, when I tried to make proactive measures towards getting rid of the clutter, the reaction that I got, like, so my (laughs) girl, it's like, it's like traumatizing even trying to think about it now. But the reaction I got was very unexpected. Like it was very unexpected. And it was at that point that I realized, oh, this isn't about the stuff at all. It is absolutely not about the stuff. It's a mental thing. Like, and and it's something that really does have to be worked through. Cause you watch shows like Hoarders, and when you see these people in their spaces, it's like, how could you let it get to this? But in their minds, they don't see it as a problem. Or if they do see it as a problem, it's not something that they they recognize that they have the power to um to fix. You know what I mean? Yeah, we we all have we all want to, um, you know, be a part of the solution when it comes to this specific issue within our families, whether it was when we were growing up or now as adults. You know, if I could count, I can't even count on, you know, how many times people say to me like, oh, I know someone's house you could organize. Oh, I know my aunt needs you. And I'm just kind of like, I think the intention is to say hey, I know my aunt needs help and I think that you offer a solution and she needs it, right? And so it becomes challenging because if the person doesn't think they need it, then there's a there's a gap there, you know? And so yeah. for me, it's about like starting the conversation as well, right? I only work with people who want to declutter their space. I don't you know, I'm not in the business of telling people what to do and why they need to do it, um, but I'm in the business of helping people, guiding people through something that they want to do but don't know how to do, which is just a very different, um, it's just a very different relationship. Helping, wanting to help someone or wanting to enforce your help or deciding this person needs this help, right? It's, you know, it could, it's a, it's, that's a boundary. That's lack of boundaries. And so i my goal is to open up conversations and also to, you know, inspire our elders and our parents and our aunts and uncles who are, who are maybe feeling that shame, um, who may be feeling that embarrassment um, and maybe having like, they feel like it's like a dirty little secret. Mm-hmm. And so opening, not only opening them up through being inspired by seeing their nieces and daughters take on. Cause a lot of times too, we've, We've internalized, you know, the behaviors of our parents. So while we're pointing fingers at, you know, our family members, like, you know, my aunt needs this, you also may be, you know, struggling with clutter too. And so it's like, lead by example. That's the, to be honest, that is the best way, you know, to help, to encourage someone or to, or to hopefully inspire. You can't make someone do anything. And so that's also a goal. I, I, I always hope that if I help one, you know, I'm, I'm helping a hundred I'm helping the whole family because once one family member, you know, starts organizing, it inspires other family members to kind of take a look at their space. Not all the time, but that is a hope and it does happen often. Um, So just bringing in fam, just having like a different perspective on family, you know, because we do all have a lot of trauma. Um, 
I meet a lot of people who've also come from a cluttered home and just not not talking about it is like the problem, you know? It's not that's not the solution. Yes, girl. Conversa- conversation and communication is everything. That's part of the reason why I started this podcast even cuz um the Live Rich Movement's mission is to create joy and healing through open conversations and healing experiences. Oh, and I really do believe that it starts with the open conversations. And in a way where you don't feel judged, in a way where you feel like the space to um, embrace your vulnerabilities and know that once you do it on the other side, you know, once you get that fear out of the way, and most of the time, if anybody's judging you, it's because they're judging themselves, but to get to the other side of that fear so that you can access the joy and the healing, because that's what's on the other side. Most of the time, the trauma, most of the time, the burden is because you're keeping everything all pent up, you know? And so my hope is that through having conversations like this, um, even if someone isn't in a space where they're willing to have um, a conversation with someone else, just knowing that they are not alone in the situation will encourage them to get to that point where they first start being honest with themselves. Because I always say that like conversations are like three P a three P situation in terms of getting to healing. Mm-hmm. First, you got to have the conversation with yourself and being honest with yourself. Then like the conversation with your creator, your higher being, your higher power, whoever it is that you surrender to mm-hmm. right? and communicating that way. And then the piece of having conversations with others around you so that you have clarity in what it is that you're trying to voice. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you're able to receive the pieces of the um, and solutions to the questions that you're putting out into the world. You know, yeah, absolutely. I love that three three part conversation. I absolutely love that. No, it is. And and I honestly, I can have a whole other conversation on just like um, people not talking about things. Mm. Um, and, and that's challenging. We There's a lot of things we all don't talk about. We all don't like to talk about, but it's hard. Like, how do you how do you how do you talk about something you don't know how to talk about? Because um, it's so tender. And then sometimes you don't know. You just don't like what is there to talk about? Because if you don't think something is a problem, what is what is there to talk about? And so that that's also a challenge. If someone doesn't think there's a problem, it's like what is what what are we talking about? And it's like yeah. you know what I mean? Like you're overimposing telling someone they have a problem. They're just like, yeah, I know, I hear you, but no, I don't hear you. Cause it's yeah. <laughs> so that's also a challenge. And even people that like know they have a problem. Um, with clutter, they also have their own challenges with talking about it. So if someone doesn't think they have a problem with clutter, how far do you think that conversation is going to go? So that's just challenging, like, you know, just healing um, and evolving together in these really like tender, challenging, tough ways that we've never, we never really got had a chance to work through these things. And so I think this is like a, just a new space that we're all kind of discovering, like, how do we navigate this? It is the start of a new year and the start of a new month. And you know what that means, right? It's also time for a new LRM challenge. Our January 2021 challenge is Room for More. Why? Because as we're starting fresh in 2021, it's time to make room for just that. More. More blessings, more love, more purpose, more clarity, and you know it, more joy. In the Room for More Challenge, we will be taking time to clean up and dust off the messery of 2020 and all of its unexpected surprises. We'll also be taking time to rid you of the thoughts and things and practices that keep you from living aligned with your joy and your new year goals. By the end of this decluttering challenge, you will have created space, time, and mental energy for the things that you are desiring to manifest most in this new year of 2021. Sound like something you might be interested in? Click the link in our description box to sign up. And remember, the more participants, the merrier, and the bigger the cash pot prize. So grab a friend and get ready to transform, enjoy one feel-good thing at a time. The Room for More Challenge kicks off on Monday, January 5th. 
take this 21 day accountability challenge and create more clearly defined intentions, boundaries, and space for your vision and your year moving forward. Head over to liverichmovement.com slash join dash challenges to reserve your spot today. That is so true. You spoke about being the um, leading by example and being the first um, in a lot of ways to um, create a decluttered space and how you hope that that typically will inspire people to then get into the work of decluttering um, in their own lives. But what was your approach to organizing your home? Your home was beautiful, by the way. Okay, again, I'm going to talk about Instagram, y'all. When when you're done listening to this now, not before, but after, (laughs) all of Rebecca's information, you should definitely head over to her page and check out her home. But her home is like something out of a magazine. It just looks so good. And your view... Oh my goodness. Um, what was your approach to organizing your home? How did you get started in it? And at what point did you realize that um, this was some part of something? I know you said from the womb, but um, that you wanted to do as a part of your career um, mm-hmm. in organizing people's homes for a living. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll start backwards. Um, as early as 2015, I have written documents where I started to write that I wanted to do, I wanted to be a professional organizer and interior decorator. So I have these things written down um, and I have jewelry designer as well. Uh, <laughs> but um, so, so, so I will say as early as 2015 is when I formally started to think about this as something that I wanted to do. Um, it wasn't until, and I have a couple podcasts, I talked about this where I really um, decided, uh, okay, wait, this is a business. And I started to create an organization course. And so this was really the first time I started to pour out the knowledge I've been accumulating and the wisdom and my past 15 years of experience, you know, in the home, organizing homes, um, talking and thinking about homes within myself where I started to pour out this information and it was, it was so much to, to organize. Right. I'm just kind of like, this is not a course. This is a business. Yeah. <laughs> so like, it's just, it's just, there's two, the, the, what, what is coming out of me is way beyond, you know, a few modules and, mm. so, and, and not to, not to, I'm not trying to undermine modules or, you know, courses because I love me a good course and I've gotten so much from uh, online courses. Um, but just for me, it was about, wow, there's so much here. And mm-hmm. so, and that, that was a journey on its own. You know, 2015 is when I start, first started to talk about and write. The first time I wrote, I want to be a professional organizer, but it wasn't until 2018. So not too far um, away. And so, so some of my process when I'm thinking about how I'm, you know, curating my home is I love, I love order and I love function, but for me, function um, is not um, separate from beauty. And so when things are beautiful, they feel beautiful. I feel good. It's all together. And so organization and decor is, they're not separate categories to me. They're one and the same. And I typically, I'm doing both at the same time um, because they're they're not they're not separate categories. I've I've created it's like I create I've created my own category that um, cohesively combines organization and decor because that is that's what I've been doing. You know, like I like order, but I also it needs to look nice. Um, and I think there are a lot of inspiring photos for organization. Um, but some of some of those don't appeal to me because it lacks the warmth and the, like, the homey feeling. And I don't, I want my, I don't want my home to feel like a store. Um, it could, it could look like a store. I don't want it to feel like a store. And I feel like that is, that's where like the decor and the feng shui and the type of organization products that you get. Maybe you want to get more decorative baskets you know, versus plastic bins. Um, And so just kind of thinking about those choices 
that that goes into how I set up my home and it, and it's just yeah they're one and the same it's not separate I love that. So basically what you're saying is functional doesn't have to be fugly because <laughs> Wait, I'm writing that down. I, I love that. Because thing. girl, some of and I'm speaking for the moms. I mean, maybe I shouldn't speak for the moms, but I know like in my situation right now, like I want to be in the space where everything serves function and is pretty, but then it's like, I got these two young kids and they effing up all my stuff. Like, you know, like, and um, I, I'm in this space, especially because like I'm in my early thirties, you know, I'm not a, a college kid anymore. I really want us to like have a sophisticated space, but, and we keep trying, but it's like every time we try and maybe we're not looking for the right stuff. It's the kids like <laughs> they they do what they do best. They they you know they kid things up, and um. But I do find that it's very important to live in a space that you love. And right now, like even with the functional versus um fancy bit, like right now one of the dreams that I'm like harping on, and Nick is so tired of hearing about this, but I want to live in a tiny home, like just for two to three years to see what that's like and travel around. And you spoke of freedom earlier. For me, that's what freedom looks and feels like to me at this stage in my life. Like the ability to do that for a short term um, in order to uh, have the long-term vision or dream of buying some land and building a customized mm-hmm. home mm-hmm. that like is really everything that we will a sustainable customized home yes. um so um as i'm thinking about that i think that that's a, a big part of the vision of this tiny home is exactly what you said like functional not fugly like we don't need to have a lot of stuff you know but making sure that the stuff that we do have um is stuff that brings us joy. Like you should be surrounded by things that bring you joy, not just things that serve the purpose. And that's all they do. They serve the purpose, but then you hate looking at them. Oh my so, God. That's really, that, that, I love that. Functional, but not fugly. I've absolutely had things that, you know, serve the, the function and they're functional. But to me, if it's ugly, it's not functional. If I don't You're right. It's not beautiful. It's not functional because I don't like looking at it. And a lot of times, if I don't like looking at it, I don't like the way it feels. I'm not going to use it. So it's functional, right? It works, but it's also it's just it's literally just like having a warm jacket. It keeps you warm, but it's so ugly, so you don't feel good in it. It's the same Mm. thing. It's just like God, I hate putting this thing on. So when you put it on, you don't feel good. Yes, it serves the purpose of keeping you warm, but that doesn't need to be the bare minimum. Like I, I get it. And so that's kind of how I see like just having the function is and I and I'm I'm talking about like textbook definition of function for me. Yeah. Without the beauty is not functional. And that is how I look at home. That is when I'm organizing homes, when I'm organizing my home. It's all in one. It's together. Um but to talk about tiny homes, I absolutely love I don't know if I could ever do a tiny. I don't even know if my husband would ever. He would never want to do that. I feel like if I ever, ever, ever became single, I would probably have a tiny home by myself. Really? <laughs> For sure. I just don't. I wouldn't want to share it. I don't think I would want to share it, right? I would want it by myself. But I I love binge watching. Um, It's a YouTube channel called Living Big in a Tiny Home. I love that y'all. Oh, love it so much. I, I put it on every day at night when I'm washing the dishes and putting yes. things away. It, it became a bit of a problem. Yes, I love, I love that channel. He's so good. Because I watch other interviews of tiny homes. I'm like, wow, this guy's really, he's actually really good. Yeah. <laughs> and some of these others don't compare. But um, yeah, tiny homes are, they're really cool. I think they're, I think they're an amazing solution for people who, you know, don't want to be in debt. But also you want, a tiny home is a perfect way to create exactly and only what you need. Nothing more, nothing less. Um, yes. so I, I feel like. Chris will come around. You keep planting a seed and then eventually he'll say he wants a tiny home and he'll think it's his idea. That's how men work. You keep yeah. saying it and saying it and then they say it and they think it's their idea. And you're like, you know what? It doesn't really matter how you arrived. Okay. I really don't care. You arrived here and that's fine. 
Yes. Girl, you yes. are like, love that. You and I, <laughs> yes, that's exactly what I'm hoping happens. Although <laughs> I'm sure he's like, get over it. It's not happening. But you just wait. You it's just, like, it's, it's a vision, man. Yeah, it takes some time. Sometimes, you know, it could be a week. It could be a few years, but I would still I would continue to bring it up and just literally keep playing videos. And next thing you know, a year or two or three or five from now, he'll be like, "I think I want to do a tiny house." And up, oh, seed successfully planted. <laughs> yeah, that's how you do. It. <laughs> that's not real. I know for some people, it's like, "Oh, that's manipulative." I'm like, whatever you have to call it to sleep at night, but it's called managing. You know, it's called marriage sometimes. That is so funny. <laughs> Look, now you get, not only are you giving us own, oh, home organization tips, you're giving us like relationship tips now, girl. You better tell it. Oh, my husband doesn't hear me. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I'm sure that the listeners on the other side of this are like, girl, you are speaking my language. <laughs> tell me more. Maybe the idea you think is yours, it's really not, but I'm going to make you think that it's yours because, you know, it's, it doesn't matter. Right? <laughs> While we're on the topic of your husband, um, how involved is he in your process of keeping your home um, organized and even getting into the minimalistic lifestyle? Was he on board? Um, was he like, what's going on? Or is it something that he kind of grew up with and wanted as well? Mm. Was there a transition? Mm. This is a great question. Um, this several answers so the first my husband my husband's a Virgo so we are able to you know align I'm I'm a really organized person and he's a Virgo and if you know Virgos that's that's a whole different categorization of organization so he's generally a clean person um he's generally you know likes his things nice looking and neat so we were able, when it came to living together, we clicked immediately in a lot of ways because I like my house and home clean and nice looking and he likes his space clean and nice looking too. So that is a really, really nice, that, that's just nice. There's just some basic things that we didn't, there was, there was no debate. Um, what becomes challenging is we have different tastes, um, in style for, you know, we just have different tastes. And so that is where the challenge comes. Um, I love color. I love, I love white as well. Um, but I love color and he likes neutrals. And so the middle we meet when it, we, we meet where we could use white, but I absolutely love color. So it's just things like that where we've had to learn how to negotiate, where to negotiate, where compromises are fair um because I, I don't think you should you know cut it's it's like compromises should be it's like is this a fair compromise and, and sometimes they're not but in terms of for us in thinking about our home it's like is this a fair compromise and so he is definitely involved in helping to maintain the space because I don't he's not helping me maintain my home we're maintaining our home together and so I think that's also important too the way that I think about home is like, this is a collective effort, hence, you know, changing the relationship, looking at home as a community space. This is not a space where the woman is responsible for maintaining and everyone helps the woman where they can, right? Or assist if they want as a choice, as an option. It's like, you also live here. You also sleep here. It is your responsibility to keep your space clean. Everyone has equal parts because we all sleep here. And I know that that's just a, that I feel like I, I wasn't raised with that concept at all, but I always felt that I'm confused. We all sleep here. Like, <laughs> I don't understand. Like, I don't care who could do what. And see, everything's not going to be equal, right? Like if you're a mom, you're not going to expect your toddlers to cook, right? Like it's not equal, but it's equitable, Right. How can there be equity across the the home, and how can we also, you know, I don't want to, I don't, I can't think of another word, Erica, but like, how do we even train our kids and our family members and our partners to also look at the space, but even train ourselves, women, we also have yes. to retrain ourselves to think like this is not my domain. Yes, yes, 
this is not my domain alone. I can't manage this alone, especially since like our lives are different. Like I'm not just a mom, you know, I'm not just a business owner. And like women thinking like, I'm not just this, you're wearing multiple hats. And even how men, it's it's really not some of these traditional archaic ideas of like the roles that we're supposed to play in society. It's, it's just not even sustainable. It doesn't make sense. You, we, the way rent is, it doesn't make sense for one person to pay all the Like, it just doesn't make sense. Not the way inflation works. So, okay. You know what I mean? Like, just thinking, like, it actually is not sustainable. It doesn't make sense for one person to manage this. And I know a lot of women do it and have been doing it. But for me, when I think about my husband being a part of the process, him knowing where things go and him also, like, how do you want this? How do you want that? Even though, because this is my space, right? It's different because it's my profession. So I, I'm spearheading a lot, but I'm not spearheading a lot because I'm a woman, right? I'm not spearheading a lot because I'm obligated to, right? I'm spearheading a lot because I want to, because this is a part of my job that I love and enjoy, which is, you know what I mean? It's, it's like, it's different. And at the same time, it's still being a part of my job and profession and my love and my career. I still need a partner in maintaining a house that I share, Girl, you done come through with a whole word. Like, like, the whole time you were talking, I was shaking my head like, yes, 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 yes. Because this is exactly what I'm talking about. Well, well, maybe not in this particular episode, but in a lot of things, this is what I speak about. And to your point of it not being sustainable, it's also not fair for the men. You know, like, I feel like a lot of times they want the responsibility. They would take on the responsibility if given the opportunity. But because we've been trained, and I believe that you do, you did use the correct word. We've been trained as women especially black women. And yes, the men in our lives and men in general, because it's not just black men or whoever you end up with. It's like training leads to training, leads to training. Like we, we learn our behaviors. So it has been that we've, women are generally trained to take on a lot of responsibility and men, because of that are trained without so many words to not take on responsibility. You know what I mean? And I feel like, um, let me, I guess, speak to my personal experience. I I came to have this understand or revelation, I think is the better word. Um, after I became a mom, where I was like basically trying to tell Nick like how to be not a dad, but like how to handle his own child, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and it's like we have our different roles as like man and woman or mother and father, and like obviously the way that I parent is going to be different because I'm coming from a nurturing side. And like um, with Nick, not that he's not a nurturer because he is very much a nurturing person. Like his approach is just different. You know, like he's a little more rough, which is, I mean, probably a stereotypical male thing um, or what people would call a stereotypical male thing. But I was basically on him about how he was handling Aria because it was with our first child. And he was like, Erica, Like, you got to let me dad the way I'm going to dad. And I was like, oh, or like even changing diapers and things like that, where at one point I was doing it all because it was learned behavior, I guess. Or I I felt like I was expected to do this in in order to be a good mom, in order to be a good wife. But at one point I felt burnt out and then I took it out on him and he was like, I didn't ask you not to ask me for help. And I was like, oh, yeah. You right. You not like we don't even have that type of a relationship. But Mm -hmm. then I started to have to ask myself these questions about, well, Erica, why is it that you felt like you couldn't ask for help, even though you felt stressed, Mm -hmm. even though you felt overwhelmed, even though you felt like you were juggling trying to be a blogger or you know, like building your blog, building your business, staying at home with the kids, you know. And um, that's when I started to go into my deep dive. Um, in uh, what I call the joy quest, well, a joy quest. That's what I called it after the fact, when I had to ask myself certain questions to get clarity about what I really wanted and also how I ended up there. Um, and now I offer the joy quest as a program that people can take on their own so that they can go on their own discovery um, or you know, journey of self-discovery. But Every point that she stated, I totally agree with and believe wholeheartedly. And it isn't fair. It isn't fair to anybody that's involved. And for a really long time, people just kind of 
bought into this because it was all that they knew and they didn't feel the um, need to question things. But times are so different now, especially with like inflation, like you said, and like the cost of living just being so high where it, it isn't sustainable. And it it can cause both sides, not just the women, but the men to also feel some form of resentment because yeah. they're also under immense pressure to provide. And what if a father wants to stay home with his kids? You know, like he may not feel comfortable even stating that out loud, because in everyone else's mind, he's probably, or he probably thinks in everyone else's mind that he's expected to provide, you know? So it is kind of like a, not a catch-22, but it is that impacts. Sorry? Double-edged sword. Yes. Thank you. Okay. (laughs) PhD vocab. (laughs) (laughs) You smart, smart. Uh, My mom used to say that. Yeah. (laughs) That's exactly what it is. So thank you for sharing that. I so appreciate that. Um, Have you found that your commitment to functional, minimal, and organized living has bled into other parts of your life, like your dietary lifestyle um, and other things like that? Hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think um, while this is a strength area of mine, um, I I still struggle in other areas in terms of being consistent um, with eating well. I feel like I eat really well and then I have bouts where I'm just like, I just want to eat this. So, you know, I have my I have my challenges in other areas. So I definitely think, you know, my organization has spilled into other areas in my life. I will say, in general, when it comes to decluttering, I feel like I have a very um, big picture um, use of decluttering that I've applied to every that I apply to every corner of my life more so than organization. And I guess I really quickly say the difference. So decluttering is the act of removing things, um, and organization is the act of rearranging what's left over. And so. For me, decluttering is something that has more spilled has spilled over probably more than anything because I I'm really keen on um, and really in tuned with um, discerning, self reflecting on what doesn't belong and what doesn't serve me. And so, while challenging, I spend a lot of time removing everything, stuff, and and I'm talking about like beliefs, you know things and within myself, I probably spend more time doing that um, than anything. That spilled, that spilled, I I embody decluttering. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's just like, I'm very quick to to release things and let things go. I I won't say quick. I'm not going to say quick. I'm very, um, I put a lot of emphasis on elimination. Like discernment, because I feel like that's the word that usually comes to mind when I think about it. And like, what's serving me, what no longer serves me, why I felt like at one point something may have served me, and ultimately discerning. I think for me, the, the, because I agree and feel a lot of what you said, if it brings me joy, if it don't bring me joy, it's got to go. Like, that's the one of the things that I think I also use as a, a meter of decluttering mm. I think that discernment is probably I don't know maybe that wasn't the word you were looking for but no, I do no. discernment is a great word I, I use it I use it at some point um as we were talking I love discernment our January 2021 challenge is room for more by the end of this decluttering challenge you will have created space time and mental energy for the things that you are desiring to manifest most in this new year of 2021 sound like something you might be interested in click the link in our description box to sign up and remember the more participants the merrier and the bigger the cash pot prize so grab a friend and get ready to transform enjoy one feel-good thing at a time the room for more challenge kicks off on monday january 5th Take this 21-day accountability challenge and create more clearly defined intentions, boundaries, and space for your vision and your year moving forward. Head over to liverichmovement.com slash join-challenges to reserve your spot today. 
real quick, going back to your relationship with your husband um, and the fact that um, you both share the space and that you're both involved in keeping the space up. I know that, um, well, maybe you don't want his name out here, so I'm not going to say it, but um, <laughs> yeah, huh? no, 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 I'm laughing like, no, it's a secret. I don't want nobody to know who this man is. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> Wait, is it? I don't know. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. Okay. I don't know. Some people maybe. Um, but I wanted to say Shaw is an entrepreneur as well. Um, he's an amazing photographer. Oh my goodness. I love his work and I love the photos of you guys so much. Um I really know how to put some aesthetically pleasing things together. And you're also a very good looking couple. Yeah. Um, how does your manner and method of living support your businesses, your abilities to self-care and effectively care for each other? Because being that you are in this um, organized and clean space, I would imagine that that really has an impact on the way that you're able to work and relate to each other, even in your work. Hmm. Or does it? I don't know. I'm asking. Yeah, no, I think I, I think some. I think the what for us, what our home does and doesn't do. What it does is it gives us an opportunity to be able to not feel like we have to escape from our home. It gives us the opportunity to feel grounded and feel peace and feel comfortable and feel um, a general joy at home. So that's what our home does. And what it doesn't do, it doesn't, um, it's not an additional problem um, mm. that is, um, that causes, it, it, yeah, it's just not a problem that, it's not a pressing problem. And so those are the two, that, that's what our home does, our, our home does and doesn't do. But besides that, we still have, you know, it's the same problems and stuff. issues <laughs> 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 like, so, um, and obviously those things help. You know, where we're able to just, I, I, we spent a lot of time, you know, praying and, you know, finding um, just some moments to be grateful for our space. So I think that, you know, that absolutely creates a bond. And I think it creates a sense of closeness within our relationship because we, we have something that, you know, we can come to um, and feel safe in. Um, and so that's something normal. So I actually really don't think about I think the question you're asking, I don't think about it often because it's something that it's, it's a given. Um, mm. So I'm like, okay. Um, yes, yeah, it's, it's a given. So it's, I think I'm, I'm just kind of, but again, we still have the same, you know, we still, I still have the same issues where I may compare my home to someone else's, or I still may get frustrated, you know, as, as organized, as much as I love my space, I still may get frustrated you know, with it, I still may feel like, damn, I still want this. I want to do that. You know, I still experience that. So it's like, it doesn't, you know, maybe not as much, but it doesn't remove like those thoughts and feelings and like those things happening. The fact that your home isn't a part of the, like conversation is like a major thing, especially if someone is in a relationship or in a space where their home is a constant thing where you're telling your spouse, like maybe like clean up after yourself or pick up or wash these dishes or, you know, like a lot of people may not even realize, and maybe they will after listening to this episode or, you know, maybe they'll, they'll realize it is or isn't a point of contention, mm -hmm. you know, it's like yeah. something that could be a quick fix if you recognize it and then had steps to know how to fix it, you know? So it does answer the question because even not having to have that be a part of the conversation, I think is a part of self-care. The fact that you guys are even able to pray in your space and like ground in gratitude for your space, yeah. that is an element of self-care yeah. yeah. um, and, and, and something that you're able to do with each other. So it supports each other or it helps you support each other um, in a way that allows you to care for each other. So it definitely answers the question. Absolutely. Yes. I agree. I, I, yeah. I, guess. I couldn't, it was like, I can't directly answer the self-care question, but this is what I can say. So yes. <laughs> for the people on the other side, listening to this episode who may now have an understanding of like, Hmm, I may need to declutter my home and my life or who I may need to organize my life now that we know, know the difference, because that was also very awesome um, knowledge that you dropped on me um, as you answered the last question. 
What would you say are three main tips that you would share with anyone looking to get started at ground zero for living a more functionally organized and optimized lifestyle and home? Mm. Start in one room and start with a piece of furniture in the space. Um, That's the one thing. So you can maybe start with your drawer and work from there. Another, a second thing you can do is start with a category within one room. And so start with something easy. (laughs) I don't really start with something easy. So maybe you don't have a lot of shoes. Start looking at all of your shoes and figuring out which ones you want to keep and don't want to keep and which ones you want to donate. And then the last thing you can do is start with the hardest category, the the biggest, the, the, the thing that you have the most of. And I do this with my clients because, because it's the hardest, once you complete it, you're going to feel such a sense of accomplishment to work through the other things in your space. You're going to like, oh, this is a piece of cake. And because it takes the longest and the most brain power, um, it's a, I, you can start with the easiest, but the last thing you can also start with the hardest. So one of the hardest categories um, is clothing because a lot of people have clothing that dates back to 10, 15, 20 years. And so starting with figuring out what needs to go and don't, don't organize, don't work through anything else in your home until you complete all your clothing, um, it'll give you um, that confidence. Um, It'll give you the willpower um, and it'll give you the strength to say, oh, I can work through these other areas. Um, And it helps with, um, what word am I looking for? Not ammunition, not inertia. Inspiration? Close to inspiration. I use it all the time. It's right at the tip of my tongue. Um, It just helps with like keeping things going. Those tips are amazing. And I feel like I started myself with my decluttering phase uh, maybe about four or five years ago after we had Aria and we were moving. And I had just read The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up by Marie Kondo. Mm -hmm. Um, And that mess like threw me, but like in the best way possible. I think I read it in less than six hours or something, the whole book. And that same night, I couldn't wait to throw stuff away. And by the end of the night, I had gotten rid of like seven bags of stuff. And I just wanted to get rid of so much more. And it's been a process, but now it really does help me um, keep in mind what uh, is around me. And also, I think part of what inspired me in wanting to potentially go tiny um, and see how much further it can be taken. Right. You know what I mean? Right, right. Um, but that one piece about ooh, cleaning up the room makes such a difference. Right. Um, I did it once and I got rid of so much clothes and I felt so much lighter. Right, right, right. The last question that I have, because it is about self-care, well, second to last question, is how do you self-care or is keeping your home clean self-care? Yes. For you? <laughs> yes, it is. Um, but for me, I love, I'm a journaler and a meditator. So I meditate and I journal a lot, a lot. And cleaning my home is definitely, sometimes I can't. Um, yeah, it's definitely a part of, you know, making me feel good, making me feel grounded, um, making me feel comfortable and safe um, in my environment. So that's definitely, but how I make me feel good is journaling and meditating. Um, very last question I want to ask you today, and I thank you so much for taking the time and sharing all of your tips, your tricks, and uh, the amazing pieces that you've shared with us is, what does living rich mean to you, and how do you do it each and every single day? Hmm. I think being vulnerable. Yeah, being vulnerable. I like that. That's what I'm going to go with. <laughs> Okay, living rich, being vulnerable. And that's true because it does allow for, uh, vulnerability allows space for so much more um, in your life. Enjoy and healing and removing the things that are no longer serving you. Right. 
Girl, thank you so much for chatting with us today. This has been an absolutely amazing conversation. I cannot wait to hear how it benefits those who are listening and uh, in mind, body, and home, and yes. ultimately soul. Um, I want to thank you again for taking the time and just sharing your knowledge. But before you go, because people need to follow you, because I already dropped your Instagram so many times, and now I'm sure that people want to learn all about what it is that you do and where they can find you. So can you please share that info with everyone? Absolutely. So I offer in-home organization services. I actually just launched um, my signature um, service called Expand Your Space, where we are decluttering, organizing, and decorating one room in your home for a complete transformation. And if you're interested in working with me, I work in the New York area and North New Jersey. You can find me on organizedforlove.com, and that's four spelled out. And if you would like to work with me, you'd sign up for a next step call. If you want some organization tips and just different perspectives on um, organization and some home inspo, you can follow me on Instagram, Organized for Love. And to be honest, you can find me on Facebook, Pinterest, Twitter, YouTube, all Organized for Love. Rebecca, thank you so much for organizing us and getting our lives right today yes. with your love um, <laughs> and your talents and your gifts. And I can't wait to chat with you in the future and see um, where things headed. I love watching your journey and I love seeing you achieve success in every single thing that you do. I thank you so much, girl. And I hope you have an amazing day. Thank you. Bye, y'all. <laughs> Gosh, that was such a good conversation, right? Rebecca totally described herself perfectly when she said she was high, right? Because you definitely get that sense of warmth and comfort from her in everything that she does. And I am so grateful for the fact that she um, took time to spend time with us and converse with us. So huge thank you to Rebecca for sharing her story, her expertise, and her tangible tips for creating a clutter-free flowing and functional environment that we can all love. If you appreciated the gems dropped and loved the episode, then you definitely want to follow Rebecca and her work across all platforms at Organize for Love. That brings us to the end of this week's episode. If you're someone who's been able to tidy up your home and your living organization, I'd love to hear about how it's changed your life and your ability to live rich for yourself as well as others around you. And if you have yet to begin your living tidy journey, but you found yourself inspired to start after today's episode, I really hope that you join us for the February LRM Challenge Room for More. In any case, let's keep the conversation going online. Follow me across any of my social media platforms on Facebook, but Instagram is usually where I reside at Erica Lasan. And if you enjoyed the episode and would like to learn a little bit more about how I can help you personally in your journey to purpose, finding joy, purpose, and healing one feel good thing at a time, please visit my site, ericalasan.com, which is also linked in our description. Lastly, if you love this week's topic, leave a comment and rate the podcast wherever you happen to be listening. And don't forget to share it with a friend who may find the information shared today to be helpful. I appreciate you all for listening, and I look forward to meeting up this time next week. Until then, live rich and happy dream chasing. Bye.